What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Just Friends. I'm your host, Mitchell Embry, and I am super excited about our guest this week because it is my very best friend of all time, Mr. Chad Heiner. Chad, for real, is legitimately one of the coolest dudes I've ever met in my entire life. My best man. My dude. My ride or die. I have lots of friends, and I hope you get to meet all of them, but if there's one that I would have to say is my very best friend, Chad would be it. And I think this podcast kind of demonstrates why. He's just, he's a wonderful person and he's kind and he's funny. And I really enjoyed to get to have this conversation with him. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. So I'm going to go ahead and stop talking and I'm going to introduce to you my very best friend, Chad Heiner. So like, even like if somebody came in the door Theoretically, you could muffle that out, right? Quite a bit, unless it or, was super loud, like somebody you know storms in and kicks the door open. And as long as it <laughs> happened, as long as like we stopped talking for a second when it happened, I just cut that shit out completely. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I had a conversation with Chris Berry where I started to talk about our friendship, and you listened to that episode, right? Yep. The way that I described it was. I had just moved into the house that I was in on uh, Falling, or not Falling Star, that was the house I lived in before, on Crest Ridge. And uh, you and your family lived there your whole life, right? So we we moved there when I was five. So me and Brad were both born. We actually lived over in Timothy Hills off of East Pages, so very close. Okay. But I'm guessing from my parents' perspective is once they found out they were having Andy, they had kind of outgrown the house. So we actually moved right before Andy was born. Gotcha. Not sure how many months, like how close they cut it, but we actually lived there once Andy was born. But so I was already five. But I mean, I don't really remember anything that happened before that. So pretty much your whole life. Yeah. As far as I can remember. And I moved in and you already had a bunch of friends in the the neighborhood and I had no friends, not just in the neighborhood, but at all. And the way that I described it to Chris was, your mom told you that you had to come down the street and say hi to me because I looked like I was sad, which <laughs> from my perspective probably is true. But now that I've got you here, like, what was that like? Like, why did you come down and knock on my door and ask me to play basketball that day? So, you know, it was funny when, when I was listening to that and you said that, it got me thinking that, like, I don't really remember like that first time that we met which is kind of weird because we've known each other so long we're such good friends now but like I don't really remember that first time so when you said that I was like I mean I guess you know that makes sense it sounds right but I couldn't really remember that um it is funny though because I I do remember you know we both went to Stewart and it was was right then when you guys moved in Mm -hmm. and you know we both walked home so I remember like I'd get home and most days my grandparents were there And, you know, they would watch, you know, they'd be watching Andy and watch me till, you know, my mom or dad got home from work. And so I remember coming home and, you know, we'd eventually see you walking down the street, right, you know, right behind us. And, you know, my my grandparents would always make a comment, you know, like, why don't why don't you guys walk together? You know, do you ever talk to him, hang out with him? And, you know, being who I was then, especially that young, my thing was just always like, well, you know, we're not in the same class. Mm -hmm. And. For me, it's kind of like what, you know, I know Chris mentioned that it was probably awkward for me because of my personality. So I think that was part of it too. You know, like if we were in the same class, I think it would have been a lot easier 
for me to like, hey, man, you live down the street, right? And that like, it kind of would have been an icebreaker other than just walking down to your door, knocking on your door. And you're probably like, who the heck's this guy? Um, even though I'm sure you knew that I live there too. It was probably like the same thing. But, it, you know, it's like when you're making new friends and you're that young, it's always like that first impression and you care so much about what everybody else thinks about you. You don't really want to, you know, necessarily be the one to initiate Yeah, it. breaking the ice is hard. Yeah, so it's it's it, it's hard, you know. But so I, I really don't remember that, which is kind of disappointing because I, I feel like I should. No, I, and here's the reason why you don't remember it. And this is the reason why I do. You don't remember it because for you, you were walking down the street to ask if the new kid on the street wanted to play basketball. Not a fucking big deal. <laughs> but for me, this kid wants to play basketball with me. <laughs> Why? Why does he want to play basketball with me? Nobody. And you just were kind of like, hey, you want to hang out? And I was just like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then you just kind of did your thing, played basketball. You were really comfortable. And I, it became clear to me pretty quickly that like, ah, I'm not really getting on his nerves. Like he doesn't have any problem with me being here right now. As long as I just let him do his, his thing and have a good time. It's going to be fine. You were genuinely, you are the person who I think of as my first real friend. Before you, I always let my friends pick me, and I often would end up friends with people I didn't particularly like so much. They made me uncomfortable, or right. I didn't. I feel like I had to change myself to be around them, and then I met you. And then I could be me, totally obnoxious, <laughs> and you were just like okay cool whatever let's play video games let's hang out like i'm i'm i don't i i could tell that you that you liked hanging out with me i liked hanging out with you first time i'd really had that kind of experience in like a genuine way and it was really it was really cool for me and it was interesting what do you remember about that time mostly this was like this was definitely middle school yeah um i guess back then you know it when I think back that far ago, like almost everything that comes to my mind, sports, because that's really all I did until, you know, the very tail end of high school. And I started thinking about like, I'm obviously not good enough to be a professional baseball player, probably could have played in college, at least, you know, a smaller college division two, something like that. But before that, you know, that's all I did all the time. So that's, you know, how you mentioned basketball. I always wanted to be outside playing and things like that. Um, so it's hard to remember specific things with like friends, but I do remember the the one time that I think it was after Corey Tackett had moved to the corner of our street. Yeah. But but so he he lived down the street and I specifically remember and, and it's a lot of the guys that you were still friends with after going to PRP and you know, I kind of lost touch with a lot of them mm -hmm. after Stuart. But so obviously TJ, I think Dave may have been there and you know, Brad Vance, Joey Beatrice and um now Nick Reynolds, yeah. all the guys like that, I remember, had came over at one point, and it had snowed, and we yes. had that giant snowball fight. And I don't remember how in the world it happened, but I think you and my brother Brad ended up in our yard building like a huge like wall. Oh yes, we did. Like a defensive wall, and everyone else ended up in Corey Tackett's yard making, you know, like five hundred snowballs. We loaded up sleds and we basically came down and just bombarded you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I specifically remember that because at some point, 
I guess we actually started wrestling in some fashion. And I remember, I think it was you that like you lost your glasses oh. and then everything just kind of came to a halt because <laughs> it was like, all right, hold on. We don't want to, you know, step on or fall on and break his glasses, things like that. Leave it to me to ruin the fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, there's a lot of things like that. I remember that one stands out probably just because so many people were there. And, and I mean, there were a lot of other times where, you know, you'd spend the night or we'd just play video games for countless hours just because the sun went down and our parents made us be either in your house or my house. We just couldn't be outside anymore. And, you know, Brad and Andy were both at home and we'd just play video games for, for hours. That's what you do when you're a kid. You don't want to sleep. You just, you know, stay up half the night playing video games and doing stupid stuff and sleep half the next day. Uh, do you remember the time in middle school when you had all the people stay the night at your house? Like a million people stay the night at your yeah, house for I your do birthday. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, like Nick Reynolds slept on the pool table. I remember that. I think there might have been a, like a sexual hotline called at one point in the evening. I, and- I remember that too. Yeah, because we used to have that. My parents had that fold-out couch. And I remember there's like four people that, that, <laughs> uh, that you know, there were like four people sleeping on the couch or people sleeping on the floor. Nick, I think Nick Reynolds slept on the pool table. It was crazy. But yeah, I think that was one of the guys that lived down the street. Actually, across the street from you, I think, is who it was. And I, I'll never forget that because I don't remember how long of phone calls they made or how many, but my parents got a bill. I mean, and it was hundreds of dollars. It was crazy. <laughs> and I know my dad got so mad about it because basically, you know, my dad called them and was like, what is going on here? And they had proof that we called them. We couldn't, you know, deny that the call was made. And so we were all ratting out who it was because we didn't want to get in trouble. And so basically my dad called him back and was like, look, y'all need to waive this fee. And they're like, we're not going to do it. Y'all called. You have to pay the bill. And my dad's like, well, who do I need to talk to to get y'all in trouble for, you know, staying on the phone with the minor? Yeah. So it escalated real fast. Your dad took it there. And I don't fully remember the exact conclusion of that, but I do remember that my dad, you know, asked... I think it was Aaron Sterling. I remember my my dad talked to his parents about it and was, you know, asked them if they'd pay the bill or at least help pay the bill because he's the one who did it. And I don't remember if that was before or after my dad kind of called back and really laid it on him. I don't know, you know, if my parents ended up getting getting it dropped or what, what ended up happening there. But I remember my dad was livid oh, and we were all quickly to throw him under the bus because <laughs> it was like, you know, we didn't initiate this. It was totally him. It was one of those things where, you know, they used to have those stupid commercials on TV and we saw it. We're young and dumb kids. And for whatever reason, he thought it was a good idea. And it was like two in the morning and here we go. So gutsy move. <laughs> hey, power move on his part. You know, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Oh gosh, but middle school, I was still so awkward and still had such a hard time making friends. Like even in all those groups of people, I felt pretty confident that the only one of them that actually liked me was you. And that all <laughs> the other ones were just putting up with me being there because like I was your friend. Right. That was my perspective on it. That, that might not have been the well, case. It's, it's funny that you say that. And I don't, you know, I can't remember how I felt at the time, but looking back you know i kind of feel like that was me with some of my friends i had then you know like like i mentioned i played sports like that's what i did especially baseball all the time and so naturally you know if you're playing baseball you know three-fourths of the year every year and it's the same guys you're playing with all the time 
you know, that's just who I hung out with. And I got used to hanging out with them because, you know, we played travel ball. So when we traveled, we had to hang out with them. We practiced all the time, even sometimes in the winter. So, you know, just naturally that's who I hung out with. But sometimes I kind of felt like the outlier. So many of them were already outgoing, you know, even in middle school. And that just wasn't me. And it still really isn't to a certain extent. So it's it's interesting. You felt that way around me. But like, that's kind of how I felt around a lot of the friends I had at the time other than you. So I, I think maybe that's what it was, is that like, even though, you know, like you weren't necessarily into sports like I was and a lot of the other people we hung out with, I think we had more in common, you know, outside of sports when we were just hanging out at home. Yeah. A little bit nerdy. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, in my case, a lot of bit nerdy. Right. Really. I mean. But honestly, I mean, it's, I know that. Video games are a funny thing. I mean, to me, video games are nerdy, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of became like a pop culture thing where like certain video games are nerdy. Mm-hmm. But if you play like the latest Call of Duty, that's not nerdy. You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or like the new thing now is the, gosh, I can't even think of the name of it. Fortnite? Fortnite. That's the yeah, one. Like yeah, like PUBG so, and all those guys. So, yeah. So, like, if you play one of those, it's not really frowned upon. And I think even Minecraft took off after a while. But initially, Minecraft, if you played that, people were like, oh, my God, this guy's a huge nerd. Of course, World of Warcraft was, like, the first big, you're a hardcore nerd because that was the first game where people really got, like, like they wouldn't sleep. They yeah. wouldn't go to school. I mean, they would they, they would play it for three days straight without going to sleep or doing anything else. So that, that was kind of interesting, but, you know, so like, I think really in a sense, all of us were kind of nerdy at that point because we all played video games. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of like which ones we were playing. Yeah. That dynamic has changed a lot. Like all kids are playing video games and like one of the coolest kids in my classes at school is an esports commentator. So yeah, you know, you played a lot of video games. I played a lot of video games with you. Mm-hmm. I never played Quake. I didn't get into that one so much. You really liked Counter-Strike. I love that game. Yeah, Quake's an interesting you bring up. Um, I think the first time that I played that, so you know John Paul. And if I'm thinking about like oldest friends, I've known John Paul almost since the day I was born. He, yeah. you know, when Brad and him started playing T-ball, machine pitch and all that, they kind of, it, it was almost like he was like a cousin to me, yeah. you know? And I think Quake is the first time, I, th- I think the first time I played Quake was with him. And we used to have a lot of fun. His dad would actually play with us. So like me and Brad would go over to his house and we just set up like in his bedroom or their living room and we'd end up playing. Cause you know, at the time you had to play one screen, you got the four corners and we would somehow divvy up two on two and play Quake. And so I think that's when I really got into first-person shooters. But Counter-Strike was awesome. That was like my first foot in the door with computers. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I played it all the time and got really good at it. So then it was just, I mean, naturally, if you get good at something, you're going to like yeah. like playing it. And yeah. it, it was awesome. That it's You know, you just brought up something that I've never really thought about. And it is the role that video games have played in our friendship. And I want to talk about that in a minute. Um we just talked about all kinds of cool and fun stuff that we did in middle school. And I can think of a bunch of other things that happened in middle school. Your brother gave me two black eyes in the same your <laughs> your young how old was Andy at this time? Probably nine. Gosh, yeah, because I mean, even if we were what in eighth grade, I think you're thir- 
13, yeah. So he would have been eight. That's even so worse. I mean, he was super eight or he, nine, yes. Yeah, so super 13, young. I was 13, he was eight, and he gave me two black eyes in the same week. One time we were playing wall ball with these little dimple <laughs> balls, and like I totally like fumbled the ball, so I'm running to the wall to try to touch it, and he just goes ape throws the ball a thousand miles an hour with his tiny little eight-year-old arms but he could do that he could launch it and it ricocheted right off that wall like an inch from my head and then <laughs> bounced right off and hit me in the eyeball like big black eye i'm actually really surprised so you know that that didn't happen more because we did that all the time and i still don't know where we got these but but it was like those machine pitch balls yeah. those hard rubber dimple balls but i can't believe stuff like that didn't happen more but you're right like when andy was was young everything he did was aggressive. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. It, it was like he was a hundred thousand percent into everything for no reason. He had to be, and that's true he had too. Two big brothers who would fuck him up if he didn't. Yeah, you know? and, and I think Brad started a lot of that. I'm not saying I didn't pick on Andy, but but what was funny with Brad is Brad was one of those guys that like he matured really fast as a kid. So he he got big for his age really quick. Started growing a beard, obviously. Because he had, I mean, he can still grow a ridiculous beard. Good looking beard. But, you know, me and Andy were kind of, you know, more average as, as far as like the pace we were growing. So, you know, Brad being eight years older than Andy and, you know, kind of growing fast for his age. I mean, Brad could just rough Andy up if he wanted to. <laughs> so, you know, he picked on Andy all the time. And of course, you know, Andy's more than made up for that now. Yes. Um, paying him back. Good for you, Andy. But but yeah, so that that's probably a big part of it, you know, as Andy had to be overly aggressive to kind of hold his own with us. And and you know, I had, you know, we other people we knew like like Corey Tackett and all them, they'd come over and sometimes mess with Andy too. I mean it's when you're a kid, it's fun to mess with, you know, younger brothers, younger siblings. It's just they can't really do anything back. So it's it's fun to mess with them. So he he's just always had that with us, you know, being the baby in the family. He just kind of had to deal with getting picked on a lot. So yeah, he didn't want anybody fucking with him, so he went hard. Exactly right. And he gave right. me two black eyes in the same week. Because yep. you know what? <laughs> he was just letting me know, I'm not the one. All right, right. I'm not the eight-year-old, <laughs> and you're not the one either because you're soft. Like these guys, maybe they can get away with it, but I'm going to come hard at you. I'm going to give you black eyes. <laughs> so I appreciate that, and that was a lesson I learned from you. The second one was was probably your fault. That was in the swimming pool, yeah. right? <laughs> he caught you with the goggles. Yeah, he did. for the bear hug. Yeah, you know. But, I was That's trying. Funny. I was giving him too much attention. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was giving him too much attention. But it's you know, like I was saying, you know, it's it's fun picking on you know the younger siblings when you're growing up. So of course. Hey guys, we'll get back to the show in just a second. If you haven't noticed, I've kind of gotten to this habit of making ads for people who. I know who have small businesses. And so today I want to talk to you about another friend of mine who has a little small side hustle. She's a teacher like me, and I've known her for a very long time. Her name is Miss Lindsay Cahill. Lindsay's pretty much been an artist since I've known her. She painted a bunch of stuff that's hanging in PRP High School. I used to see it all the time when I was working there. And turns out she actually has her own side business where she sells art. She does a lot of cool stuff. Her Instagram page is called Lens Full Art. It's L-I-N-D-S-F-U-L-A-R-T. And you can see all kinds of stuff that she has for sale on there. She has necklaces and earrings. She has full-on paintings. And they're cool. They're like themed. They've got derby themes and they've got holiday themes, Louisville themes. There's animals. It's all kinds of colors, all kinds of fun. 
it's exactly like Lindsay. Bright, eclectic. It's really cool stuff. So that's Lensful Art, L-I-N-D-S-F-U-L-A-R-T. If you want to check out all the stuff that she's got going on Instagram. And you should also check out her Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Lens Cahill Art, L-I-N-D-S-C-A-H-I-L-L-A-R-T. If you want to see some of the other cool stuff she's got going on, and if you want to reach out to her, I think she's probably available at both places. So if you're looking for an awesome gift for mom or sister and you want to get some custom jewelry that you couldn't get anywhere else, check out her Instagram page, check out her Facebook. If you're looking for a cool door hanger or anything like that, these are perfect gifts. It's the kind of stuff you'd see at St. James Art Fair. So go check out her Instagram page at Lensful Art and her Facebook page at Lens Cahill Art. So that's L-I-N-D-S-F-U-L-A-R-T for her Instagram page. That's L-I-N-D-S-C-A-H-I-L-L-A-R-T for her Facebook page. Check out all of her cool stuff. She's got pictures. She's got videos. She's got jewelry. She's got all kinds of cool arts and crafts. Go check those things out and show her some love. All right, let's get back to the show. I want to talk about the role that video games have played in our friendship. What was the video game that we played? There, there were a lot. I know the two I distinctively remember. Um, one of them was the the Gauntlet Legends game. So you basically like we would take turns rolling what there were like five or six different characters you could pick. And we'd each get all of them to, you know, the max level, you know, like alternate taking turns. And it was, it was a cool game. Four people could play it. You were on the same team. It was a fun game. Um, and then the other one I remember is the the one double oh seven game Goldeneye. Yeah, whichever one it was. I yeah, think it was Goldeneye. And, yeah, and you could. I mean, we could play that forever. You could turn on all the bots where it's like two on ten, and you could just sit there and play forever. Those were the two we played the most when we were younger, and then when we got older, I, we I played a yeah, shit ton of Call of Black Duty. Black Ops, man, Black Ops. the original Black Ops. Yes. It was the best one. Freaking domination with the noob tube, man. Do you do you have do you have Call of Duty Mobile? I don't. Is is it actually good? It's is it fucking fun? really good, man. It's I a, haven't been able to bring myself to try it out. I don't have time to sit around and just fucking play it all the time. Right. But when I play it, when I have like okay, I, I've got like forty five minutes, I might play a little bit of Call of Duty Mobile. There you go. I'll play it for fucking forty five <laughs> minutes, man. I'm like, ah. It's it's so much fun. I mean, I don't even know why I got so much enjoyment out of it. Cause when we used to play, like I was that player that like everyone probably was annoyed with. Because you were good. Because well, it wasn't just that, but like the way I would do it is so we play domination, right? So you have like the three like king of the hill points. Yeah. You have to go stand at the flag. So that game mode and my approach was perfect. So I'd get, you know, the, the rocket launcher that everybody called the noob tube. You get two. Every every time you, you revive, you have two and then you have a grenade. So I'd come alive. I would sprint straight to the one in the middle of the map. I'd shoot both rockets, throw my grenade. I'd get at least one kill. I'd also be running in there, maybe sneak another kill in, and then I'd get killed. Yeah. And then I'd do it again. <laughs> and, you know, by the end of the game, you know, I've gotten way more kills with that approach than dying and I just do it over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's a good approach because you had a meticulous plan for how you were going to approach 
this problem that you had. Right. Figuring out what works and keep yeah. doing it till it doesn't. <laughs> but I was bad at the other game modes. So like anything that was on like a bigger map or like you're just killing each other mm. wasn't necessarily terrible. Just not not good. Probably more like average. You hadn't figured out your method. Yeah. Thing that you could do. Yeah. Right. That's that's one of the things that's really fun. And and I learned to appreciate it a little bit learning to play an instrument, learning to play guitar, and becoming a decent guitar player at this point. I learned that it really does just come down to how much time you're going to put into it. Like the very the songs that I know how to play that I think are like challenging to play, they're challenging because you got to put a lot of work into them. Once you put the work in, it's not hard. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and and that's really it. I mean, it's, and, and I think that was the biggest thing, like, like from baseball, like it sucked there. There was, it got to the point where like, you, I love playing baseball, but it's like, I wake up, it's summer. I could be going swimming all day, lounging in the pool, hanging out with friends, playing video games, whatever. And I'm like, dude, I have to go roast in 95 degrees for five hours. This sucks. Like it, it was terrible. There were a lot of days I didn't want to do it. And, and, you know, like, especially once I got into high school and realized, especially fielding, I could field so much better than almost everybody else. And I was like, this, this is a hundred percent because of all the time I spent practicing growing up, playing year round, practicing four and five hours a day, half the year. I mean, it, it, it makes a difference. And, and that is what separates you at being great at something that other people aren't. You put in the time and and just deal with the fact that, you know, this is going to suck for a while until I actually get good at it. And that's when a lot of people quit at something. And if if you overcome that, you know, you can, you know, be, be different from the average, right? Because you played baseball every day. Oh, yeah. In the summer, you were at baseball practice every single day. Yeah, I mean, we there was a point, especially at, when, when I was still young enough to play at Prairie Village, when we, at the end of each season, when we would have all-stars, we literally would practice, I, I really, no exaggeration, think it was four or five hours. Because I remember my parents had the most difficult time. Like, th- there weren't lights at Prairie Village then. So, like, when we're practicing, it has to be daylight. And, I mean, it's, it stays daylight, you know, till 9 or 9.30 in the summer. But I remember my parents struggling to get home from work to take me. So, I mean, we were starting at 4.30, 5 o'clock, and we would practice until it was too dark to practice. Every day until All-Stars started, you know, we were a phenomenal team then, and I think that's a big part of the reason. We just practiced four and five hours every day, seven days a week for, you know, those those few weeks there before All-Stars started. It was crazy. Where do you think you learned that discipline? You know, I I really don't know. I mean... Part of it might be that, you know, my parents, they've always been hard workers and, you know, they've, they, when I was young, they always went to work. They never really complained about going to work and I know they didn't like it. Nobody at the end of the day likes going to work. Even if you like your career, you get to that point where you're like, man, I've been going here every day for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. And and maybe that was part of it. And, and, you know, even I think I mentioned earlier, just my whole thing with, with failure, you know, like if, if I was going to do something, I, I don't know why, but like in my mind, I I, I don't want to fail, right? Like, so if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do as, as best as I possibly can, even though if I'm the worst person at it, I'm going to do as good as I can 
to try to make sure that I don't fail. And then at the end of the day, if I do, I at least know like this really sucks that I couldn't do this or wasn't good at this or that. But I know that I tried as hard as I could before I failed. So then I know I can't do it. Um, part of it even might be, you know, my whole OCD thing. You know, I, I don't really talk about it that much because I don't feel like mine's that bad. I know there's some people out there that like they literally have like they can't function on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mine's more so just that, you know, like things kind of wig me out, you know, like I, I overthink a lot of things and, and that might be part of it. You know, like when I'm playing baseball and I'm like, man, you know, what if there's a situation where like I need to be able to do this and I can't. So that makes me like, I need to be able to do this. And and maybe that's part of it. But I, I mean, I really can't say for certain, which hmm. kind of sucks. But, you know, it just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to just say that's the way that, that I am. No, you, but, can, you can say that. But, you know, there, there obviously had to have been something while growing up that made me that way, if that's the case. I just right. don't know for sure. But then after middle school... I mean, we didn't see each other because we went to different high schools. You went to Butler. I went to PRP. And then at that point, it really almost kind of, I'm, I'm sure that we hung out every once in a while. But really, when I think about that time, those four years of my life, you're not in there very much. Yeah. Th- so I was actually thinking about that, you know, earlier when you were talking about how it was convenient for us to be friends living down the street. And, you know, I, I do feel like there was kind of a gap there through high school so it, it's interesting to think about, you know, like we both ended up going to speed school. I know you didn't finish it. You know, that just wasn't, isn't what you wanted to do. But sometimes I wonder, you know, like if Mitch didn't go to speed school and we kind of reconnected at that point, you know, would we be as good of friends as we are now? And, and you know, it's hard to say because I lost a whole lot of people that I, I mean, I was friends with and, and not that, you know, it was anything happened, you know, like we were talking about Corey Tackett, Brad Vance, Joe Beecher, all those guys, not that anything happened, but you know, they went to a different high school too. And we kind of lost our connection. And then, you know, we went to different colleges. And after that, you know, there just was never, we never reconnected. And, and I guess, you know, it just kind of fell off the deep end there. So, yeah. So that's why we got to try to get those guys to listen to the podcast. So they, they can reach back out to you and just like holler at you and let you know what's been going on in their lives. That's part of what I want this to be. Right. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's interesting thinking, you know, because I, I know there's social media. So, you know, I can still kind of check in and see how things are going with them. But social media just kind of shows, you know, the it's curated, you know. Yeah. Like you only show people what you want them to see. Exactly. So you don't really know what's going on in people's lives, you know, like. I can see if they got married, if they had kids, things like that. But other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where they work or what they do. Um, e- even in college, I don't necessarily know what their degrees were in. You know, a lot of things like that. So, it, you know, it's, it's just interesting to think about. Like for us, if, you know, like if we didn't reconnect at that point, you know, would we still be as good of friends as we are? I think we'd still be friends, but maybe we wouldn't hang out as much yeah. as we would. And then, of course, I wouldn't have met all the people I've met now because of you. So it, it's interesting to think about. It is. You know, I feel that way kind of about just there's people who I've reached out to recently um, just because I'm trying to talk to them about everything I'm doing here, um, whom I just I, I think of fondly and I remember as being my friend. And I liked that person. And I'm hoping that that person is in a similar place as me and is trying to, you know, grow and learn and, and to be a better person. And it'd be nice to have the opportunity to reach back out to them and just, you know, reconnect. But 
during high school, one time you did that. Do you remember this specific instance where you reached back out to me completely unexpectedly? We probably had not talked maybe in a year, maybe two years. And you just hollered at me one day and was like, hey, dude, I've got tickets to go to this concert. Oh, that's right. Do you want to go with me to this concert? And it's a testament to how much I like you and just how cool of a motherfucker I think that you are in general, (laughs) for real. I'm being serious. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I'm going to go hang out with Chad and I'm going to show him how I've changed. And I'm sure I was obnoxious as shit. I must have (laughs) been. But was that during high school or was it after high school? It had to have been after. I I think it may have been right after. Like, it may have actually even been like before we started college. I can't remember exactly when it was. I remember the concert and who we went to see, but I don't remember exactly. It may have been... What what was interesting about that is it wasn't even something that like I really normally do. That's one of I don't know if it's the first concert I ever went to, but I think it's the first one that I actually chose to buy tickets and go to. Right. Wait, so do we see? So I, I know Three Doors Down was the the main was the headliner, and I know Safety Suit was the main reason I wanted to go. They opened up, and what was unfortunate, you know, that that first album they released was amazing. I could listen to it start to finish. I still do sometimes. It's so good. It's it's one of my favorite albums. So it was unfortunate how new they were, but I love that album so much. When I knew they were coming to Louisville, I was like, I've got to go to this concert. I don't even care who else is in it. It ended up being an awesome concert all around. I I, I think the other Hoobastank, and then I think Seether was there, and Seether really blew my mind because you know they're a little more rockish than I normally like, but but I enjoy them. Haven't really listened to them much lately, but they were interesting just because I I remember their singer like they'd sing a song. You know, he had the long hair, so you couldn't really see his face. And he'd just be like, thank you, after the song was over, and go straight into the next one. Never said anything. And, you know, I, I was, you know, like I said, it was kind of my first concert I remember going to. But I just kind of envisioned, you know, like the guys talking a little more. And I think the Three Doors Down guy ended up doing that a lot. He even ended up playing drums on one of the songs, cool things like that. But I remember that about Seether was like, man, these guys just show up and do it. And it's awesome. And and then they leave. That's it. You know, nothing else to say about it. I just remember being really surprised that you reached out to me and just thinking it really is a testament to just how good of a friend this guy is. I think that's part of the reason why I was so excited to go to speed school. We made that decision independently to go to that college. That's Well, that's what was really funny. And the other funny thing, too, was, you know, they, they had that orientation and there were several oh, days. Yeah. I don't remember how many different days you could choose, but it, it was at least three. And somehow we ended up at the same one. Oh, yeah. It was really interesting. In the same group. Was, we were in the, sa- the same one in the same group. It was really funny. And, you know, you mentioned Counter-Strike earlier. I remember that. That night they had that land party. Now you're talking about nerdy, like you can't get worse than that. But what was funny is, you know, they said that and I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go in there. Like I was good at Counter-Strike, but these guys are going to blow me away. And I remember going in there and playing and I was just dominating all of them. And, you know, I, it, it's not even like I'm not trying to brag on myself. I was so surprised. Like, how's this happening? These guys are probably smarter than me. They're going to speed school. And I always felt like, you know, going to Butler, I didn't have a great ACT score and not a knock on Butler, but just that, you know, it's not like manual and like you guys at PRP had the advanced program. I felt like I was going to be behind and I I still feel like I was a little, you know, a little less prepared for speed school, but I just, 
envision, you know, like the, the, the nerdy guys like, like us, when we got in there that like, there'd be a lot of competition and mm-hmm. Counter-Strike. I was really surprised by that. But that makes me think something. <laughs> you learned that in order to get good at something, you had to put in the hours and you were going to start off bad. And that's okay. You start off bad, but then you put in the hours and then you get good. And the only way you get good is to put in the time. And also another thing that you had to have learned in order to get good at baseball is there are going to be things that you suck at. Embrace those things that you suck at so you can get better at those things. You were able to apply that to baseball. You were able to apply that to Counter-Strike. You were able to apply that to college, and you were very, very hard worker in college. I'll remember that about you very specifically. You busted your ass all the time. I couldn't do that. That's why I failed at it. I didn't have the discipline. I hadn't learned that discipline through sports like you did. And so I didn't know how the fuck to do that. I wish you could have told me, man. I would have loved it. <laughs> well, the the thing for me is it's it's really weird trying to think about like like what motivated me then. And you know, I I think one of the biggest things I'm sure everyone knows like I I hate when when I try to do something I hate not being able to do it. And you know, I I, I did decide pretty early in high school that I wanted to do computer engineering. I was always good at math. Like when I was in school, I mean, I wasn't a bad reader, but I was I wasn't great with grammar. I knew that you know anything that had anything to do with with reading and writing was totally out the window. I was so good with math, and kind of back to Counter Strike. You know, when we got our my parents got their first computer, I just loved being on it. it didn't matter, you know, it, even with crappy old AOL. Mm-hmm. You know, you had dial up. Your parents pick up the phone and it kicks you off. I just loved being on a computer, so I decided I'm going to go do computer engineering. And, you know, once I started, it was like, this is so hard. I'm going to have to work so hard to do it. But I didn't know what else I would want to do. And and so maybe that was my motivation. I don't really know. But I, I just decided to stick with it. And, and, you know, that piece of me that's like, this is what I want to do. I can't let myself fail. I, I mean, you're right. I, I spent hours, you know, and I got to the point where and, and I was lucky enough to have have a few guys, you know, like Udit and Shamir mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, th- they did the same thing. Like we'd stay on campus till nine, 10, 11 o'clock midnight working on projects, studying, trying to get stuff done and just learn. And, and, you know, we were also, and this isn't a knock on, um, I actually talked to some guy, we have a few interns at work that are in speed school and we kind of jokingly knock on triangle sometimes. And I know Jake and Ryan and those <laughs> guys run it. But a lot of people in speed school, because they're fraternities and stuff and just friends will give them old tests. It helps them study. It's by no means cheating. So that's why it's not a knock on them. But it helps them study and prepare. But, you know, I was always kind of like... They know what they need to know. They know what they need to know. But for me, it was like, I kind of want to do this on my own. I want to make sure that I I, I know this. Like, I don't want to pass this class and not, not know what, you know, I needed to learn from it. So we didn't really do that. So as opposed to, you know, maybe like having some old tests, old homework to study on our own, we'd, we'd stay on campus forever and kind of figure it out together on our own. And and that way we we would know that we knew the material we needed to know to get through everything and it ended up working out. That's awesome, dude. You're, you're a fucking awesome person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reached out to Udit. I need to reach out to Nahit too. 
And I reached out to Shamir. I'm, I sent I'm t- I sent him links to the podcast. I want him to be able to listen to this. Yeah, and they're kind of, I feel bad that I kind of felt, so it's like we were talking about with, with high school, you know, going from middle school to high school, you lose a lot of friends just because you don't, you don't see them all the time. You get busy with other stuff or hanging out with other people. So that kind of happened after after college. You know, I met Samantha, started hanging out with her. And then, of course, through you, I met a lot of other friends. So after, you know, we quit going, I had to go to speed school every day and quit. There wasn't a reason for me to see these guys, you know, and, and I know Udit and Het, they moved for jobs. Um, and I, I did still see and talk to Shamir for a while, but, you know, they kind of fell off, too. And I kind of feel bad about it. But, you know, just like we were talking, you know, you're going through life and things just yeah. come up and one day you haven't talked to somebody. You got married. You had a baby. You you became an adult. You started a career like all of these things are happening in everybody's life. Right. And I know for me, maybe it's a personality thing or maybe we all feel this way. But 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 I do feel bad, you know, like that we don't hang out as much as we used to. And I'm sure we all feel that to a certain extent. But it's just there, there's just always so much going on, yeah. and and I know like Jake has two kids now. Oh I'm gosh, just yeah. struggling with with the one. I, I mean, I don't know how he ever finds time to do anything. He travels for work. It blows my mind. I don't <laughs> fucking know how either of y'all do. I don't have any, <laughs> and I, I still think uh, children. What do you mean? Ch- what? <laughs> I'm trying to get my own shit together, please. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Yep. I don't need to have to be good. For but because there's a risk of fucking up somebody else. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. It's I. But at the same time, like when I watch my friends do it, I feel like such immense pride that that I'm just friends with these people. That these people who are capable of doing this, and everybody feels exactly the way that you feel. Right. So you don't need to feel bad about it in terms of like guilt but i can totally understand just feeling sad about it because you know that it's good and you'd like to be able to do it more so hopefully we'll be able to be consciously make the decision to do it as much as we can right i mean for for me you and casey it's a little easier because you know we see each other every sunday at church but but that aside I mean, months, a year could go by and we haven't seen and hung out with, with each other. And it's crazy to think that. And, you know, like if we can go a whole year, it might end up being two years. And it's like, man, we might, you know, 20 years from now, if we don't put the effort in, we won't even be friends anymore. So <laughs> I'm going to keep having cookouts like that. And and I'm going to make it a priority to continue to create opportunities for the people whom I love to spend time with each mm-hmm. other and to get to spend time with them. Like that's important to me. So, right. so I'm going to make that a priority. Hey guys, we'll get back to just friends in just a second. But first, if you're anything like me, especially right now, this time of the year in the holidays, I'm packing on a few pounds. I'm not feeling super motivated to be out running and exercising because of the cold weather, the short days. And I'm not necessarily prepared to be making the best decisions about my my nutrition. So I've probably gained 15 pounds since the sun started going down early. And that's where it can really come in handy to have a person who's an expert on nutrition. And that's where Miss Emily Berry comes in. Emily Berry is a chef and a registered dietitian who helps you build your own version of a healthy lifestyle. And she is our friend Chris Berry's wife. 
and she's a wonderful person. Many of you probably know her. And she's willing to work one-on-one -on -one with you to assess your individual needs, goals, and struggles to build a customized plan that takes in all of your needs into consideration and creates a diet that you can follow, that you can stick to, and that will be effective for you, something that you can maintain. Clients who work with Emily not only see improvements in their weight and health, they also have higher energy levels, lower stress, and more confidence. To become part of her online community and receive free resources, connect with others on a healthy journey, you need to join her private Facebook page. I'm on this Facebook page. My wife Sarah is on this Facebook page group. It's called Nutrition Coaching with Emily. Or you can also check out her Instagram at emilyberryrd. To get started, you could also email her at emilyberryrd at gmail.com. Guys, she knows what she's talking about. She's working extremely hard and she wants to work hard for you so that you can see the changes that you want to achieve in your life come to reality. Check out her Facebook, Nutrition Coaching with Emily, her Instagram, at emilyberryrd, or email her at emilyberryrd at gmail.com. Remember, it's E-M-I-L-I-E-B-E-R-R-Y. Okay, guys, so let's get back to the show. Yeah, so then you're right. We really kind of, I don't know if we would have been friends if we hadn't started hanging out again in college. I would like to think so because now I value you so much. And I think about, I think about when we were hanging out in college and like how much you changed because you grew a lot. You were in a relationship for a very, for the majority of the time you were in high school, all of the time you were in high school. Right. Actually, you talk about it. You're, you're doing a great job talking. So, yeah, I mean, it's it kind of sucks to think about, but, you know, it's it's been so long now and I'm married and have a kid and everything. So it's it's not, you know, as terrible as it was then, but it's just it was a dark time in your life. It was. So, I mean, pretty much all of high school minus, you know, freshman year, which is really just kind of learning to deal with being in high school. Yeah. But so that and then, you know, over a year out of college. So, I mean, it, it was a lot. So I, I think, you know, like you're saying that I changed a lot in that time span. I think it's mostly because, you know, like your high school's really some prime years and your growth, you know, yeah. as be, like that's when you very first start becoming an adult, yeah. right? So you start learning a lot of things and start, you start learning to be independent is really what it is. And, you know, at the time I probably missed a lot of that be, because of being in a relationship. I always had that other person there. And, and so it wasn't, it wasn't just me, you know, it wasn't me learning to become an adult on my own and learning how to take care of myself and do things as an adult should be able to. So I, 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 yeah, I think that growth was probably that that's when it happened for me was, you know, those, you know, two to three, four years into college is, is I think when that happened for me, and I don't know when it normally happens for people. I assume it's different. You know, some people it probably happens in, in high school, especially if they have a rough life at home and they kind of have to be. And, and for other people, it might be similar to me. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have the whole, you know, high school sweetheart thing that doesn't work out. And then, you know, you at a later point in life have to, you know, learn, learn how to be an adult on your own and things like that. So it's, I, I think that was probably a big part of it. So you feel like that relationship held you back? Not, not necessarily. Maybe, maybe in a certain sense, but it did, it did help me learn what I wanted out of a partner in life. So, so in some senses, I, I do think that it did hold me back in the sense that 
I, I didn't necessarily learn who I was individually as a person and, and grow into an individual adult and how to be an adult on my own. But I do think it taught me a lot of things that were helpful after and are even helpful now. And, and that's a big one is just, you know, what, what I wanted in a relationship, the type of person I wanted to be with, how I needed to treat the person I was with, how I wanted the person I was with to treat me, a lot of things like that. So I, I do. I, so, yeah, I think it was kind of a 50 50. There were a lot of things I probably did miss out on. I probably could have developed friendships like hours earlier because I know a lot of your guys' friendships, you know, they started in high school and that's when they really grew. For me, it was was kind of mostly afterwards. Yeah. But but I did learn a lot about being in a relationship. So it, it was, I think, kind of a 50-50. There were some things I feel like I did miss out on, but other things I feel like I had an edge on, you know, that other people might not have. I can relate to that a lot about learning what you want out of a relationship. I'm just going to take step out on a limb because I don't know a whole lot about it honestly because I wasn't really around during that time wasn't a super healthy relationship I guess so it's 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 really hard for me to to think that it's hard for you to judge it like objectively because you were a part of it it is and and I know there's that whole like you know you're blinded by love or the first love thing or whatever you want to call it you're also a child too and and that too so I mean you're just you know it's it's the first I'd never never date I'd never even dated another girl really so it it was everything was a first for me and for me it was so awesome at the time that it probably blinded me from from some of the pieces that weren't that great no I can relate to that and and even looking back you know it's it's hard to judge because I don't feel like there was really ever a point at at the time that I didn't like the relationship so so it's hard for me to to think that it was an unhealthy relationship but obviously it was, you know, or it would have had a different outcome. I feel like I experienced a similar thing later in my life, obviously, but I came very infatuated with a young lady mm-hmm. and I could not see any of her flaws. That's exactly what I think was. So like when you were asking about, you know, if it was a healthy relationship, that's probably why I couldn't see it then. It was, yeah. it was probably the same but type you see, of but thing But you're saying going you on. see it obviously now. Yeah. And, and especially after, you know, meeting and being with Samantha and, you know, you start doing other things and realize you know that the person's a lot better fit for you and and even if if you take away you know like some of the bad things that happen and like you know that person's not a terrible person it's just that like your differences you know there would have always been differences that you at, at some point wouldn't have been able to overcome and and i feel like i don't i don't have any of that with samantha i'll tell my story i was i met a young lady And uh, we started dating when we were like, I guess I was like 19. And I was completely infatuated with her. I absolutely fell head over heels in love with her. But because I I had no idea what a relationship was, most of the time I felt uncomfortable. There was always some type of conflict. When things were, when we were together, it was awesome. When we were um, apart, it was stressful. But I didn't know that that wasn't normal. And I just was completely infatuated with her. I dated her for about a year. And then I basically just pined over her for about the next five years. (laughs) And uh, then we eventually kind of ended up getting back together, which was a very strange thing. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a unique unique thing. Because a lot of people don't, you know, don't have that happen. 
And, you know, I know that happened with, with Casey and Haley. Yeah. And, and it's all really awesome that it worked out for them, but it is definitely a unique thing. I mean, typically when, you know, especially if it doesn't end well the first time, it's just so unlikely, you know, that, that that happens. I told myself this too. I told myself, I fell in love with a story of this person and who they were. And that's not exactly true to who they were. But even when I was telling myself that, that truth and that wisdom, I didn't believe it. And then I started dating her again. And by then, things had changed for her a lot and not in a positive way. And I started to really be able to see the truth. Um, Because also, I wasn't ready to be a good partner. But then uh, after some introspection, one thing I really learned was exactly what you were saying earlier. What I want out of a partner, how I want to be treated, what my values are, and how I communicate. Right. How I need to be communicated to in order for things to work. And... um, I don't think I'm an easy person to be in a relationship with. I feel so sorry for... <laughs> Thank goodness Sarah is just this the most amazing fucking person in the whole universe <laughs> and capable of being patient with an infantile baby <laughs> child man. I'm just really, really grateful that she is the type of person that she is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's part of the reason why I married her because I knew right. she could handle me. <clears throat> right. And also... She makes me, she just makes me better. Right. Because last year, dude, she was in, she was in South America during this month. Oh, yes. This one, she took like the two or three week hike. Yeah. She was okay. gone for 21 days. That's, that's how badass, was. that's yeah. how fucking badass my wife is, first that's of all. That's wild. Couldn't do that either. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think you might be a little bit too far removed from it to understand what it is. M- maybe that's it. It is. It just seems like a lot. It will be a challenge. The one that she did in South America, for me, feels much more doable than the one she did in Europe. Right. The one she did in South America, chilly but not frigid, very windy, Mm -hmm. beautiful, elevation change, some, walking uphill sucks. Right. Walking up steep hill sucks, but you can do it. Anybody can do it. Right. You make the decision, I'm going to do it. And then you don't stop and it gets done. You right. Know, it sucks. <laughs> but a lot of it's on raised wooden walkways because they don't want to disrupt mm-hmm. the ecosystem because it's fucking beautiful, man. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. Right. And I would really like the chance to do it. And now that I've seen her do it, she's kind of inspiring me to want to do it. And also, I know she wants to take these long trips. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be going at some point. Be with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. yeah, I, I could definitely see like, like for me, it would probably be enjoyable to go do it maybe, you know, for a couple of days. I think that I would get sore and, and I'm kind of a wimp. So I, I think once I got that point of like, dude, we just hiked 10 miles yesterday. I feel like I can't even like stand up. I think that would probably be it for me. I, it would definitely be awesome to see. All the sites would be awesome. I think you'd be so invigorated by what and, you were and, and maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe you overcome it. Right. You don't care that it fucking hurts because you're like, I want to, when, when we, <laughs> when we wrap this up, I've got some pictures of on my wall in there of places my wife has stood 
and looked at with her eyes. It just blows your mind. And it's beautiful. Yeah, that's true. I guess it might be, you know, like when, you know, we were talking about playing video games all night as a kid. You get tired, but you don't care. You're yeah. just going to keep playing video games. Yeah. So maybe it's the same type of thing, just, you know, in an adult mind, it's, you know, you love seeing, you know, the beautiful things in the world. All right, man, well, it's getting kind of late, and I know you kind of got to get out of here. So I really appreciate you coming over and doing this. Yeah, no problem at all, man. It was a lot of fun. I hope that we get to do this again in the future. Yeah, for sure. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for doing this. No problem. It was super fun. Yep, for sure. Bye, man. Bye. (laughs) All right, guys. So that was the podcast. Isn't Chad wonderful? I told you he was wonderful. It was so much fun to talk to him. I feel like we could do a million more of these podcasts and we wouldn't run out of material. But I think that would get boring for you, the listener. You want diversity. You want lots of different people. So that means I need to find new guests. So if you're listening to this and you've never been on Just Friends and you would like to be on Just Friends, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. I talked to Thomas Roundtree recently about it. I talked to Justin Devine. I'm pestering everybody, not just you. So come hang out with me beyond the podcast and share your story with our friends and, and let's build up this little community. All right. I love you guys. I hope you have a fantastic day. Bye.